This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Am I ready to start playing jazz? This is a question that someone asked me recently, and I've been asked this question many times from different subscribers over the years, and sometimes it's asked in different ways, like, am I technically proficient enough on my instrument to be able to play jazz? I'm a classical musician. Uh, am I able to play jazz even though I've never learned anything by ear before and I'm not a good improviser? So many different iterations of this question, but all kind of come down to the root of is jazz a step above where I am right now and therefore I have to sort of bridge that gap before we get there, before we actually start diving into jazz and enjoying ourselves playing the music? Well, that's exactly what I'm going to answer today. I'm going to give you the answer to that question directly and then give you some guidelines and some helpful tips so that you can be prepared to play jazz and really start taking off on the right foot. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, where we help musicians just like you learn to play jazz, all while shortening the learning curve so that you can unleash your musical potential no matter what instrument you play. So excited to be here for another episode of the podcast answering the question, are you ready to start playing jazz? Are you ready to start playing jazz? What a question. Uh, And I am going to literally answer it right now. But before I answer it, I will say uh, that that doesn't mean the podcast is over after I give you the answer. Uh, I'm going to give you some guidelines, some tips uh, to help you be better prepared for starting to play jazz, better prepared for getting on the pathway, and also just give yourself a bit of an advantage uh, going in, as well as some other mindset tips that I think are going to really help you uh, just shorten the learning curve in your jazz playing and improve faster, even while practicing less, because that's kind of what we're all about here at Learn Jazz Standards, is how can we make the most out of our jazz playing, how can we make the most out of our practice time that we actually have? Because a lot of us don't have a lot of practice time. So we really focus on that a lot here on Learn Jazz Standards. Uh, now, the answer to the question is 95% of the time, you are ready to start playing jazz today. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. 95% of the time, Uh, No matter what instrument you play, you are ready to start learning jazz. You're ready to start playing jazz. And I'll explain why in just a little bit. But let's talk about the 5% really quick. The 5% is the exception, which I would say is if you are literally completely brand new to the instrument you're playing. So for example... Um, you have made it your New Year's resolution to learn how to play the guitar. 
you literally have no idea how to play it. You um like you know you you don't even know know where to put your fingers right on the fretboard. Like so, in that particular case, you're probably not ready to start playing jazz yet. Although you're not as far away from it as you would think. In this particular case, if you're learning an instrument from scratch. You'll, you'll need to work on some fundamentals, and I'll go over some of those that I think would be helpful for you to get a hold of that, you know, whether you are learning a new instrument from scratch and maybe should hold off on the jazz exploration for a second, or if you are ready, these are still things that will help you uh, right away. Now, before we go into those tips, though, uh, today's episode is always sponsored by our very own LGS Inner Circle membership. This is the membership where we help you become a better jazz musician, no matter what instrument you play, through our monthly jazz standard studies and our jazz standards club, so you learn a new tune every single month uh, in our practice program courses that give you actual step-by-step processes to jazz success. Again, no matter what instrument you play, instrument accelerator courses for uh, bass, guitar, piano, sax, trumpet, um, and we also have monthly live Q and A's with me where I answer all of your questions. Literally, you can't go wrong. Like you get all the support you need, the community you need to succeed as a jazz musician. On top of that, we just released a brand new course, especially for our new members called the inner circle power plan, which helps you literally get immediate results within the first 30 days of your membership, all while only practicing 30 minutes at a time, only several times a week. So very low time commitment from you and just showing you that you can spend even very little bits of time and get massive results using our special formulas, using our special plans and resources in the inner circle. So if you're interested in that and signing up, go to ljsinnercircle.com and check that out. I know you're going to love it. I know you're going to find it useful. So lgsinnercircle.com, and we'll look forward to having you as a member. Okay, let's jump right in to tips for being able to get into the jazz game and further answering the question if you are ready for jazz or not. Okay, so um, let's continue answering the question here. Are you ready to start playing jazz? Let's go back. We talked about the 5% really quick that I mentioned, where if you're trying to learn a brand new instrument, it may not be the first place you should go as far as digging into jazz and jazz improvisation. Some fundamentals may be necessary, and we'll come back to that in just one second, but let's zoom back to the 95% of people who are literally prepared today to start playing jazz. Um, I want to kind of take the essence of the question, the intent behind the question that I normally get revolving this idea of am I ready to play jazz or not, which is essentially that the notion is that jazz and jazz improvisation playing this music is exceptionally difficult to do, right? So that's kind of the belief going into the process is that it's very difficult to do. It's very difficult to understand. It's complex. It requires a lot of virtuosity. And so therefore, I'm not ready to move beyond this point. Or like I gave the example of a classical musician who, you know, may actually be pretty good musician and very technically proficient, 
but has never really explored the idea of improvisation, has never really learned anything by ear. And they know that that's a big part of what jazz is. And therefore, that seems daunting to them. Like, do they have to take some super elementary steps um, before jumping into that world, right? That's kind of the essence of the question. And I kind of want to break that down a little bit and help you start discarding that belief a little bit. And it's not to say that there aren't um, some some challenges with jazz, but I would also say that any style of music has its challenges as well. Now, there's lots of harmony and interesting things in jazz, but all that stuff can be learned over time. And it really comes down to how you're actually learning it in general. Like in our inner circle membership, for example, we really break things down into smaller pieces so that you're not biting off too much. And that's what happens a lot of times is Someone will get onto YouTube and, you know, look, you know, how to start improvising with jazz. And then immediately they're hit with, you know, tritone substitution and melodic minor theory and diminished harmony and, you know, substitutions and all this stuff that just seems super overwhelming. And someone's showing them Stella by Starlight and it just seems impossible. And that understandably would create that feeling of jazz is super complicated, jazz is super hard. But, We can learn any style of music, including jazz, if we just break it down to its most simplest form and just kind of discover what the actual building blocks are of the music that's being played and go from there. And I'll talk about one of my tips in just a second, how um, we can do this by trial and error, actually, and that's really a great way to learn jazz. Um, So let's, let's just discard that notion right away going into this, that if you're someone who's like, hey, jazz is super hard, I don't know if I'm cut out for it, I want you just to... Um, even if you don't believe that 100% right now, that it is possible for you, that it is e- easy for you, or it could be easier for you, um, I want you just to pretend like that is true for a second going into the rest of our conversation. And the other belief I kind of want to break down for a second too before we move on is the idea that because jazz is so difficult, because it is so hard, that we have to practice long, long, long hours in order to get it. In our last episode, I talked about three mindsets to develop, um, which go back and check out that episode after you're done listening to this one if you haven't. But one of the mindsets that I'd like you to start developing is that you can make meaningful progress even with just a little bit of time. And I like to think of it more as the time that you already have right now. Like you don't have to give up watching TV or family time or going to the gym or any of the things that you're doing right now that you enjoy doing. All you have to do is spend very efficient time practicing with the time you do have. And I I believe that's even possible in 30 minutes. Um, Understanding too that some instruments need to warm up um, their chops like trumpet or trombone and stuff like this, understanding that completely. But I think that you could, you know, really make a ton of progress even in 30 minutes. And I've heard teachers say 15 minutes as well, which I would, I totally agree with that. Like you can make incremental progress over time, it's kind of this compounding results thing. If you're practicing and working on things in such a way that they build upon each other in this way that does create this compounding result. Okay. So I want to discard that notion as well. So if that's something that's holding you back right now, when you're thinking, am I ready to play jazz? Well, I don't have enough time to learn how to play jazz. You'd be surprised how little time you actually need to spend in the practice room to make meaningful progress. Okay. 
Now, with all that being said, okay, that that this is this is why I say that ninety five percent of people are ready. Um, and with all that being said, the biggest thing to understand about being ready to play jazz is that you're never going to be ready to play jazz. Okay, you're never going to be ready to play it. As in, you're never going to feel ready, and that's because oftentimes we're very uh, critical of ourselves and we want to sound good right away. Right? We're not really willing to fail. We're not really willing to um, experience what it means to you know, fail and then fix and fail and then fix and improve and improve and improve. Because in general, as human beings, we don't often enjoy this process because we haven't learned to enjoy this process. And I'll talk about this a little bit more in a second with my three tips I'm about to give out. But what I want you to understand is that as far as being technically proficient enough to play jazz, yes, it's helpful to be able to have some technique, but you can build your technique in very simple ways while studying jazz. In fact, jazz is essentially built to help you build up your t- technical proficiency. But it's also built in such a way for you to find your voice with the technical proficiency proficiency you already have. So in other words, you don't have to play with tons of chops or like Charlie Parker or John Coltrane or any of that stuff. You can play like Jim Hall. You can play like Stan Getz. You can play however you want to play Lester Young that expresses who you are. You can play very simply. You don't have to play a lot of notes in, until you decide you want to play more notes, right? Until you decide, oh, hey, actually, I, I love that uh, really cool uh, Winton Kelly piano line that was you know a bunch of triplets and eighth notes, I think I'd learn like to learn how to play that. And then maybe you're not technically proficient enough to play that right now, but when you slow that phrase down, you you learn it very slowly, and then you speed it up and you speed it up. And just by sheer repetition, all of a sudden your chops just got way better and you learned some jazz language and you know how to play something over a chord progression and you've internalized that inside if you memorized it, right? So you see how this all works. I mean, you can become more technically proficient as you start working on jazz. Now, for those who are like, I don't know if I'm ready because I don't have a good ear, then here's the thing with ear training and learning how to play stuff by ear is the only real way to get good at doing it is just by doing it. And that's essentially what jazz is. So for example, if you ever checked out my learn jazz standards, the smart way guide, um, which you can download for free, by the way, at learn jazz standards, the smart So learn jazz standards, the smart you can download that for free. And I go over my list process for learning a jazz standard by ear. So very simple process to go through and start learning a jazz standard by ear in a very tangible, simple way. But once you learn your first melody by ear, even if it takes you a while at first, you've already leveled up your ears. Okay, you've already leveled up your Just by learning two notes by ear, you've leveled up your ears. And all of my inner circle students who really start to take advantage of this process and start implementing more and more learning stuff by ear inside of their membership and in their jazz playing, all of them tell me, like, there's not one person that doesn't tell me that it doesn't get easier over time. So it comes down to just doing it, right? You're never going to be ready. You just have to start doing it, and then it gets easier and easier and easier. And I've even had some people come up to me and say, well, Brent, I don't think I'm ready because I don't read music at all. And here's the thing with jazz is you actually don't really need to read music 
in order to play jazz. Now, is reading music helpful? Like, yeah, like if you had a bunch of resources and etudes and different things to read through, yeah, it can be helpful, but also reading is oftentimes a huge crutch for a lot of my students, and we try to wean them off of the reading because instead of learning jazz language and internalizing it, they're just reading it off the page. Um, not that you can't internalize it with reading too. That, I mean, as long as you memorize it, I think you're going to internalize it, but that ear training thing is really important. So there's all kinds of excuses we can make up for ourselves. And what I'd like you to think about right now, if you're someone in this boat right now, asking the question, am I ready for jazz? What is your excuse right now, right? Um, that might sound a little bit harsh, but what is your excuse? What excuse are you making? And the fact that you're asking this question tells me that you want to be able to play jazz and you want to be able to improvise and you want to be able to play walking bass lines and you want to be able to play cool chord solos. Like you want to do all that stuff. You've heard the music, you enjoy it to some degree. That's why you're listening to this podcast, but you're holding yourself back for some reason because you're saying to yourself either one of the things I've mentioned or something else. And here's the thing about changing beliefs, right? Uh, first, we have to identify what our current belief is now, okay? So if your current belief is, I'm not good enough of a, of a musician to learn how to play jazz, you need to start making a list of reasons why that's not true, okay? And I'm sure that if you really spend time thinking about it, you're going to find reasons why that is not true, even if it's just some of the reasons I just gave you, okay? Um, so go ahead and list off as many of those reasons. So like why that actual belief that you have about being able to play jazz or even be able to being able to reach your musical goals is not true. Okay. So that's kind of step one, but to really change the belief, you have to establish what that new belief is. So again, just the most simplistic form of what this new belief could be is I am good enough to learn how to play jazz, or I am good enough to reach my musical goals and probably being a little bit more specific what that musical goal is would be probably for the best. But then what you do is you list uh, as many different pieces of evidence or reasons why that is true today. Not why that could be true later, but why that is true today. And sometimes this requires you to dig a little bit deeper, right? Sometimes you have to um, look at it and be like, well, I was able to learn this one thing by ear, so maybe I do have the ability to learn stuff by ear. Well, I was able to play that one phrase that I tried after some practice. Maybe I do have the technical proficiency to be able to do this over time. You start listing as many pieces of evidence as you can for why this new belief that you can play jazz is true. Okay, so that's a good exercise for anyone. This is like basic psychology 101. I did not make this up. This is from all like psychologists. Well, this is this is a very basic formula, if you will, for changing your belief systems. And I do think it's in your best interest if you're telling yourself these things to change your belief system about this and start experiencing that musical freedom that you want to experience. Okay, that being said, let's go into three things that I think will give you an advantage when thinking about playing jazz, or even if you are learning jazz right now and you're doing it, things that can be really helpful helpful for you that are fundamentals to get together. Okay, so number one is know where all the notes are on your instrument, okay? <laughs> know where all the notes are on your instrument. Um, again, you can play jazz just simply by ear and technically not knowing a lot about your instrument, 
But you're going to be at a severe disadvantage if you do this. And again, this goes back to that 5% of people that if you don't know how to play your instrument at all and you're starting from scratch, like these are some things that you should probably take care of first, right? Um, Maybe getting a private teacher to help you with these fundamentals or just some very basic books to help you get a sound out of your horn and stuff like this that if you don't have these together, it's going to be very challenging. So knowing where the notes are on your instrument and things within that category would be important. Um, There's a little bit of some exceptions to this, as I already mentioned. But for example, like if you are a bass player or a guitar player, you might start saying to yourself, well, Brent, I mean, I know where notes are on parts of my guitar or parts of my bass, but you know, when I go up to the higher register, I'm not quite so sure, or I couldn't name you what any note is if I just p- touched on the guitar. And in this particular case, actually by us studying jazz and really diving deep into, you know, getting, getting a, a competency over the fretboard, like doing this, we don't have to have all of that together to start playing jazz. Like I said, this goes for people that are already playing jazz now, but being able to do that is going to really open up the doors for you. So you want to keep that as part of your studies, even while you're learning solos, even while you're learning new jazz standards, even while you're practicing improvising or doing chord scale theory or whatever it is you're happening to do. Like make sure that in the background, you are making sure that you understand your instrument. Okay, which kind of goes to number two, which is kind of a combination of knowing your instrument, but also starting to use some jazz concepts. And that would be to know basic scales and chord tones. Okay, basic scales and chord tones. So more on the understanding your instrument side of things. Being able to play basic scales can be a huge advantage, Um, not necessarily for what you may think, which is a lot of students think that, well, it's because I need to use scales to improvise. And actually, that's if you've listened to this podcast for a while, that's not really what we like to preach for learning improvisation uh, and learning jazz. We don't really talk a lot about scales, although they can be helpful for improvisation but mainly to know your instrument better. So if you know how to play your major scale in all 12 keys, if you know how to play your natural minor in all 12 keys, if you know how to play the Mixolydian mode or the Dorian mode in all 12 keys, like these are essential scales that can really help you um, just understand your instrument better. Basically, any scale that can be associated with one of the five main chord qualities in seventh chords, so that'd be major seventh, minor seventh, dominant seventh, half diminished, and fully diminished. If you know a scale associated to one of those chords, so really you could just pick five scales only to start, then you're in good shape. Um, And technically, you only need to know two scales, uh, which is a totally another uh, other podcast episode, but spoiler alert, uh, you just, if you know your major scale uh, and you know your diminished scale, like a whole half diminished scale, like that pretty much covers, uh, you can technically play any quality of seventh chord as long as you understand what the modes of the major scale are. Again, if that's over your head right now, that's okay. Because what happens is when you dive into the jazz world, you eventually start picking up on these things and little by little, you know, the blanks that are there on the page get filled up, right? So even if something's going over your head right now, 
it's going to make sense later. Like it's going to work out later into your playing and into your understanding of the whole big picture. It's like a puzzle, right? You just got to put one puzzle piece down at a time. And eventually over time, you're going to see the full picture, right? <laughs> Except for with jazz, like the picture just keeps expanding, expanding, expanding. It never stops, right? Well, that's the beautiful thing about music anyways. Okay. So know your basic scales. And then I said, know your basic chord tones. So I mentioned the seven qual, the, the five qualities of seventh chords. So understand how to play the root, the third, the fifth, and the seventh, which is a major seventh chord and the root and the flat three and the five and the flat seven. That's a minor seventh chord and the root and the third and the five and the flat seven. That's a dominant seventh chord and so on and so forth. This is basic, basic theory. But when we talk about improvisation and jazz, it is my firm belief, and what I teach all the time is that if we start with the chord tones, that should be the basis of our improvisation. Like if we're going from that angle, the theory angle, start with chord tones first, because those are the notes that are going to bring out the chords in in our solo so that we can actually hear what, what song we're playing, even if there is no one accompanying us. And then we figure out what notes to play around those chord tones and how to target those chord tones. And that's where the magic starts to happen. So being able to play all those chords in all 12 keys, ideally, is something to shoot for uh, over time. Again, not that you have to do this all before you start playing jazz, but as you go through this, this is going to give you an advantage. Okay. Now, number three is the one I've been hinting at all along, and it's less about the tech technicalities, but more of the mindset, which is be willing to fail. Okay. Be willing to fail. Um, we need to remember that perfection is the enemy of progress, right? Perfection is the enemy of progress. If we're not willing to play the wrong notes, if we're not willing to not know the answers, if we're not willing to enjoy the fun of trying to figure out what the answers are, we're probably not going to make it all the way, right? We're going to burn out. We're not going to stay motivated with jazz. So be willing to fail and start adopting the mindset of experimentation. That's what jazz really is. It's experimenting. Like you may learn what the chord tones are for a two, five, one chord progression, but how do you make actual music out of that? Experimentation, right? And part of that is is learning from other musicians how they played over top of that. But then ultimately, you're just going to have to experiment for yourself on different ways that you can organically start playing over those chord changes. So it's not rocket science, really, right? It's just small, mini pieces of progress that build up over time and expand your knowledge over time. But you do have to be willing to fail. Like you do have to be willing to, um, and I always tell my members this because we always encourage them in the inner circle to record themselves and put themselves out there both to document their progress, to go through the process of recording and holding their feet to the fire and just all the other benefits that are associated with recording. Again, that's another podcast episode we've done, but some you just got to hit record, right? Hit the record button. Like don't be afraid to fail. Like sometimes we're afraid that we're not going to be good enough that we're not going to like what we hear, all these things. But you know, first, we approach it with what did we actually like that we heard from ourselves? And then after that, we go, what do I need to fix? And then decide that that's going to be a fun process to start fixing it. Um, it's so easy to be unsatisfied with where we're at in music and in life, right? 
But if we enjoy the process of doing it, it can be great. So are you ready to start playing jazz? 95% of the time, yeah, you are. And you just need to get in the water, right? You gotta, if you want to catch, a, I had a friend that used to say, if you want to catch a fish, you got to get in the water, right? Um, which is actually technically not true, but I like the idea of it. You know, if you want to catch a fish, you got to get in the water. So get in the water, like get in there, get started, get messy, start ugly. And that's how you're going to become a better jazz musician, little by little, Little bits of progress over time equals big results. All right, that's all for today's episode. Hope you found that helpful. Hope you found that insightful. Hope that you remember to take action. Knowledge without action is not really knowledge. When we take action and put that into an actual implementation, that's where we start learning something. And I would love to help you with your jazz journey if you're someone who has been sitting on the sidelines for a while, or even someone who's been thinking about it for a while, or someone who's already working on their jazz playing. Like I said, our LJS Inner Circle membership, we have over a thousand members playing all sorts of instruments, improving their jazz skills every single day. And it's super exciting. It's super fun. And we just came out with our Inner Circle Power Plan course, especially for new members to get lots of results in your first 30 days of membership, all while practicing less, like just practicing for 30 minutes at a time, getting huge results, being able to play a jazz standard, improvise over it in the first 30 days. It's really exciting. It's a lot of fun. So don't wait, commit now and go to lgsinnercircle.com, lgsinnercircle.com. We'd love to have you join us. And we're always coming out with another episode of the podcast next week. Until then, happy practicing and cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.